podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to episode three of Zero Pucks Given, the ice hockey podcast for Chelmsford Chieftains fans. This week there was no game for the Chiefs, so we're going to check in with the Warriors results as they took centre stage at the Riverside with two home games this weekend. We also have a special guest joining and we're going to have an in-depth rundown of the roster to take a look at who left, who joined and who to keep an eye on. So that's what we're going to start with, the Chieftains roster update. Well, we'll start with the outs from the roster. Uh, number 11, forward Darren Brown. Number 21, D-man Andy Monroe. Number 26, captain D-man Julian Smith. 88, forward Matt Turner. And 91, forward James Ayling, all retired at the end of the 21-22 season, which saw us make the playoff finals at Planet Ice Milton Keynes, being involved in two of the most entertaining games of hockey you will ever see. Uh, Andy Munro, unfortunately, not involved in those because he was suffering with an injury which ultimately led to his retirement. Um, from that team that finished that year, we also lost number 79, Miso Karenko, who has returned to his motherland to play for HK, Le- HK Levis in the Slovakian second tier. Uh, also 92, Liam Chong, a terrifically skillful player, but I think only played if available, which was rare, um, but it was always good to see him on the ice. Uh, 43, Ethan Reed moved up a level and now races for Ida, uh, Ices for Raiders in the National Division. And, of course, last season's Supporters Player of the Year, uh, Stano, number 17, Stanislav Laszczek, who now Ices for Invicta Dynamo is where he joined us from. So that's nine players from what was a very good team last year that ended the season without a trophy, but certainly in credit. And when you lose nine players, of, especially of that quality and that experience, I think people will maybe try to understand how it's taken a little bit of time for Mark Saunders to gel the new team together. It's a lot of new players replacing a lot of experienced players. So maybe a little bit more understanding there for some, you know, the negative Nellies that may think that, you know, we should be doing a lot better than we are. I think we've got to give them a little bit of time to start gelling. So they are the nine that left. I'm going to quickly run through now the, the ones that stayed, the ones that re-signed from last season. It was uh, number three, TJ Fillery. Resign with us. Eight and nine, Cameron Bartlett, Grant Bartlett, respectively. Although I do believe this may well be their last season with us. Uh, number 10, Kieran Rayner, resigned. Number 12, Jaden Bulker, 2A with the Warriors, of course, resigned. Number 14, Bailey Chittock, also resigned. Then uh, further down the list, we go to 35, Luca Tassadri, 2A with the Warriors as the netminder. Uh, 44, Sonny Phillips, netminder. Also re-signed. Uh, another one on a two-way with the Warriors. Uh, another couple, actually. Uh, 48, Kean Lloyd. 57, Josh Fall. And 74, Chris Beckett. Uh, 89, James Pentecost. Also re-signed. So they're the guys that we had from last year's team to build in with our new arrivals. 
Now, the start of the season saw a new permanent coach in Mark Saunders, who joined the Chieftains bench from Romford Raiders Junior, which became a popular theme in the off-season. Um, that started the first ones that were announced were the Webster brothers, former Warriors, who joined from Invicta. Although the word on the street is that they are both working in Italy and unlikely to ice for us this season. So we're unlikely to see them in the black and gold anytime soon. Uh, 47, Daniel Fay joined our defensive line from Raiders Junior, bringing the experience of playing in both the North and the South Divisions. Number 91, Casey Wilson made the same journey and was also coached by Saunders at Bracknell, so he's got that experience with the coach as well. Uh, next to join the roster was defenceman and new captain Callum Burnett, who for only 21 has got experience across the divisions of the NIHL and is already showing us what a great asset he is to the team. Uh, Experience-wise, don't, don't really get much more experience than number four, Neil Lilliard, who's joined us from Swindon Wildcats, bringing his experienced head, minus a couple of teeth, having played for uh, Swindon in the National League, uh, international hockey for Great Britain, uh, including obviously playing in the old EPIHL before it changed over to the NIHL. Uh, he also had a stint, stint out in Australia playing for Adelaide, I believe, so incredible experience that Neil's bringing with us. Uh, another one bringing a lot of experience is Anthony Leone, 29, who's joined us from Invicta. Uh, I think a return to the club. I think he played for Chieftains previously. Um, listed as number 29, although we have seen him wearing 50 recently, so not too sure whether they uh, just haven't got his jersey as yet. Uh, number 15, Justin Dennison has joined the forward line from Peterborough Phantoms 2, the 16-year-olds on junior contract. Um, so definitely, definitely one for the future. Well, now go through another player, higher level of experience that's returned to us as well is number 24, Ollie Baldock. Already had a good start, got a hat-trick against Invicta a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and it's really good to see him icing for the Chiefs again. Uh, coming over from Slough Jets is number 17, Harry Harkup, 22-year-old forward player. Also been showing us his skills already in the uh, in the games that he's played for the Chieftains. 93, Dan Hitchens, tough man in the defence, has joined from Romford. And uh, we all see already how much he loves to get stuck in. Uh, and then we've got two young men on two-way contracts from Peterborough Phantoms. Number 40, Archie Salisbury, Salisbury and 16, Leo Markey, uh, who we've seen a lot of in, in the Chieftains team. And they're both really good prospects. They're the ones that we really are going to keep our eye on as they move forward. Terrific young players. The, uh, the, excuse me, the newest arrivals then are number 20, Alexander Sasha Maltsev, who got off the mark last week in our home defeat to MK. And he's joined us from Sokol Kiev in the Ukraine from the uh, youth setup over there. And finally joining us from Raiders Junior and my guest today, number 30, Ross Clark. Ross Clark, how you doing, mate? Yeah, good. How are you? Yeah, very, very well indeed. Very well indeed. Well, uh, Start off with a really simple first question. How have you settled in at the Chieftains? Uh, yeah, everything's gone really well so far. Um, all the boys, coaches have all been really welcoming. Um, I don't think I've had a too bad a start on the ice, but yeah, it's, it's all gone really well. It's good, it's good. And you come from the Peterborough Phantoms youth setup? Uh, yeah, so I played in Peterborough. I started my hockey in Peterborough when I was seven. Um, went for all of the junior setup there. Um, and that's it really that's sort of what took off played Peterborough up until men's um, I had a brief stint away where I went and played in Coventry 
um, under twenties level, and then come back to Peterborough to play for the first team for a few years, um, and then yeah, just felt I needed a bit of a switch up, um, needed some a change, and then yeah, got in contact with with the Chieftains. So you played at um, national league level for Peterborough, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I played there for I think about three seasons. Um, only a teenager playing national league level yeah so I, when I first played was when I was 16 um, towards the back end of that sort of season um, and then I signed on like a prospect contract for a year um, played played up and down between uh, the first team and the second team and then the last season there I signed full time with them um, and then yeah that was that was it Really played played that season. Um, didn't play a great deal. Few uh, had quite a few injuries, but um, but yeah, played a bit. So, what is that that standard like in the national league? Is there a, is there a great difference? Uh, it's just quick, really quick. Um, you got to keep your head on the swivel all the time. Yeah, you just got to play smart. That's that's all I say. The probably the biggest difference is you just got to play smart. Um, the game's a bit quicker at that level. I'd say it's probably more physical in the um, in IHL one, but you just yeah you've just got to be real smart because you've got guys who have come from all over who have played at really high levels and they obviously they know what they're doing so yeah you just got to make sure you're you're being switched on. Lovely. Is there any one player you've gelled with at the Chieftains in your short time there? Um, I wouldn't say probably one particular player. Obviously, um. I'm close with a few guys from either playing with them through conference setups or if I played club with them. So um, probably the one I'm closest with is probably Kieran Rayner. Um, right. We played a, a season together at um, NHL One and Peterborough, and obviously we we share lifts down to the rink together. So we spend quite a bit of time together. So uh, we got on really well. I'd say we're quite close. Um, players like. Uh, Dan Hitchens and Callum Burnett they're guys who I've played conference with growing up so um, it's been good to, to get back playing, yeah. playing it's quite, it's quite a young squad isn't it it's a lot of you around the same sort of age I'd assume we would have probably grown up together in the sport yeah a lot of us have either played with each other or we've not been that far behind each other like maybe a couple of years difference definitely played against each other a lot when we were growing up playing juniors but um, yeah it's been it's been good to to I don't know, see all the boys that I haven't seen in a couple of years again and actually be able to play with them this time. Yeah. Now, this might be a little bit taboo because I know generally sort of, you know, locker room stuff stays in the locker room. Is there an initiation at the Chieftains? Um, I don't know if there has been in the past, but I've I've not had to have one. No, you've not had to sort of stand up no, singing? No. no, I've not had to do anything. No, nothing, nothing's happened in the showers? No, nothing, no. nothing. It's all good. <laughs> Uh, I, I played men's football when I was 16, so I was I was sub- subjected to all sorts of crazy stuff back then. Yeah. Uh, so now you've played at the Riverside. I'm assuming you've probably played there with other teams before, but now you've played there for the Chiefs. How do you find the atmosphere? Um, it's probably, well, no, it's definitely the best atmosphere I've played, played at or played in front of, definitely. Um, I never actually... I played a couple of times at juniors. Obviously, that's, there's no real crowds playing juniors. Um, the actual only times that I would have played men's at Chelmsford um, 
I couldn't actually play because I was injured, so I didn't actually get to experience any of it. Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy to be fair. Um, absolutely love love it. You know, just whenever anything happens, you hear everyone get behind you or going nuts, and it's, it's brilliant. It just makes you want to push that a little bit harder. But yeah, it's definitely um, definitely the best atmosphere I've ever experienced. And it does help if, if the game's not going well and then the crowd can get up and it does help you along. Oh, 100%. It's um, just there, the crowd go or get going when you're on the bench, even when you're on the ice, you know, it just gives you that sort of that buzz and, you know, you just make sure you want to perform that bit harder for the, for the, for the fans and also for the boys as well. You just want to, you just want to make sure you're giving your, your best out there and, when they get behind us, it just does give you that little bit of a push. Doesn't matter how tired you are, how much you're hurting, it just makes you want to dig deep. That extra ten percent just comes from, I suppose, what would be the what the seventh man, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, what first got you into hockey? So, you start playing quite young. So, what first got you into it? Um, I actually used to swim before I played. I used to swim for um, the club in Peter in Peterborough. Yeah, and. One Christmas, we got um, we got asked if we wanted to go and watch the Phantoms play, and we weren't going to do anything. We we weren't going to go, um, but in the end, we had nothing on that night. It was close to Christmas, so we said, "Why not? We might as well go see what it's like." And I remember growing up, I never could sit still or watch anything, any sport. I I'd love it, but I couldn't watch it. I'd be an absolute nightmare for my parents. Um, but I remember going and I was just absolutely fixed and I didn't move the whole game. I was just absolutely fixed on this game. And I remember then getting home and I said to my mum, I was like, can I do that? Um, and it was sort of out of just like, I, w- I wouldn't say I was being deadly serious when I said it, but it was just like, oh, that seems cool. I'd like to do it type thing. And um, I remember the next morning my mum called up the Learn to Play programme and they were like, can you skate? I was like... Well, my mum's like, he's never skated in his life. So I had to be able to do some certain skating levels first before I was allowed to do the, the learn to play. But then once I'd once I'd passed those, I went on to the learn to play. And then that was sort of it. Then just went went through the different certificates on that and then straight into under 10s when I completed it. So does it um, does the game come a little bit more naturally once you're more accomplished, accomplished skater? I think it definitely helps. There's some... Um, there's some players who start a bit later, um, but skating-wise, I'd say technique might, might not be how you like it, but in terms of speed and keeping up, it, there's not really a great difference. Um, I guess all, all of the advantage it would give you is just making sure you're like stronger on your edges. Um, when it comes to collisions, you'll probably have a better chance if you're stronger on your feet, but I wouldn't say there's a huge difference. No. Uh, away from hockey, I, I know you've got a lot of other sort of sporting interests and you, you do a lot of other things at quite a high level. Do you want to tell us about them? Uh, yeah, so I um, I play in the summer. I, I play cricket for Newmarket. Um, they're in the Whitings 1 League, which is like the league below the um, East Anglia Premier. Right, right. Bit of, a, um, bit of an all-rounder or a bowler, batter? I just I like I have to uh, bowl for him, but I just like to give it a bit of a smack at the end. Yeah. Um, 
I used to when I was younger at school level and stuff. I used to open the batting, but and I couldn't bowl. But I don't know. I sort of swapped round now. Uh, well, I just like to enjoy batting. I don't want to take it too seriously. Um, but yeah, that's I played cricket probably since I was about in junior school before I even went into secondary school. So I played that, and then when I was about twelve, I joined um, my first club. And then I've I've just played at different clubs. So I I started off in Hampton, in Peterborough, and then I went to March, which is a team in Cambridgeshire. And then last year, halfway through the year, I went and joined Newmarket and played the rest of the year with them for their first team. Wow, wow! Uh, I've also seen you do a little bit with horses as well. Is that anything uh, racing or jumping? Um, no, just so to my um, yeah. So my <coughs> me and my partner, we have. Well, she has, what is it, three, I think, three between her. And then I've got mine, and it's it's basically just, like, breaking them in, yeah. um, getting them ready to be ridden, and because um, they're all very young, so just trying to get them to a, a place where they can compete and either go and show or, yeah, start competing with them. Oh, excellent. So a bit of an all-rounder in terms of sport in general, then, you've... Uh... Yeah, I've always yeah, I always had to be doing something sport while I've grown up. I've don't I can't really remember a time where I um haven't had a sport to do, to be fair. Right, so away from sport, just in, in your life, you watching anything on Prime or Netflix at the moment that's interesting? Um It's not new, but the thing I'm always watching is probably Big Bang Theory. Yeah. yeah. That's all that's probably all I'm ever watching. Either that or I'll be on YouTube watching NHL highlights, but yeah, I don't really. I've not really watched anything too new. Um, but yeah, if I'm if I'm going to sit in front of the telly, it's probably going to be Big Bang Theory going on. Yeah, that's a fairly good shout. Uh, do you have an NHL team that you follow? Uh, Boston. Boston. Yeah. Any any reason behind that? Um, I think when I no, uh, so it was when I was younger. One of my first shirts that I got bought for me I think it was for a birthday or Christmas was a Boston Bruins shirt yeah and then that was it sort of really from there and then I always used to play as Boston on the Xbox and or PlayStation and um yeah it's always always been Boston have you seen the new reverse retro jersey I have it's got bear on it hasn't it yes it has yeah do you like it yeah it's pretty cool yeah yeah I'm a Maple Leafs fan I've been since 2002 but there's, there's not really a great deal they can really do with their design, but I've also had a little soft spot for the Ducks, and the Ducks have brought back their old school logo, which is... Uh, yeah, I, I did see them all on uh, Instagram the other day. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Ducks and the Bruins ones, for me, are definitely the, the, the best ones out there, reverse retros. But got a couple of questions now that have been messaged in. Yeah. asking them. So from uh, Drew Hill, he says, what do you think you can bring to the team that it needs? Um... I think it's quite, it is quite, yeah, it's, so like you said, it's a young team, but I think it is quite a, a balanced, good all-round team. Um, I'd say what I can bring is just, I don't know, hard work every night, um, try and, you know, get on the score sheet, whether it's goals or assists, as much as I can. Um, but if I can't, if I'm struggling to do that some nights, then definitely, um, you know, just make sure I'm working hard, keeping my feet going, and if I'm, if I can't put anything on the score sheet, try my best to stop them putting anything on. And yeah, probably just all round, just hard work and make sure I'm, you know, 
either bringing energy to the team, trying to score some goals. Um, but yeah, just make sure at some way I can contribute to the team. Right, I was just going to put my phone on silent because someone else just messaged, messaged a question through. Um, I've got another one here from Steph. What's the worst injury that you had? You know, you said earlier you missed quite a lot of hockey with injuries. So what's the, the worst one you've had? Um, so, yeah. So in terms of last season, I missed quite a bit of time through uh, concussions. Um, my worst injury, though, would be when I broke my ankle. When I was um, six, yeah, 16, um, I broke my ankle. I had nothing to do with hockey. I was playing rugby, but. That put me out for <laughs> that put me out for quite a bit of time. Um, yeah, I had to have two surgeries on that. I had to have it um, pinned and plated, um, and then I was in a cast and then a boot for ages after that. And then with physio and rehab, that took its time as well. So I did miss quite a deal of that that season. God, you must have been unbearable. I was a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> So I've got doctors and physios trying to say you can't do anything and I'm sitting there saying I can still go to the gym or do this. I'll just like do it on one leg and they're like, you just need to take your time. And I've, I don't know, like up until that point, I'd never really had a break from sport. So it was it was a long, long time. I've got another question here actually from one of your teammates. Uh, and Kieran's asked us, do you know anyone that's broken a skate? Pardon, say that again. Do you, do you know anyone that's broken a skate whilst playing? That's from Rainer, isn't it? It is from Kieran Rainer, yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, there's two people. So, obviously, Rainer broke his skate because that thing was taped up um, <laughs> the other week. And then there is um, a story of someone who come for a trial once in Peterborough. And, yeah. um they were getting off the ice and and uh, they fell back over the boards and absolutely smashed their skate on the ice and the toe like fell off and stuff and um, all he did was he just got up and he was like I can't remember. he just got up and he was like I broke my skate in front of everyone and that was it and just walked off and he was like bye guys <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Kieran's actually my daughter's favourite player and we do have a pair of his old skates up in her room and they are battered yeah, I was gonna say toes full, knocking everything over. Yeah, there's holes in them, toes out yeah. a lot. It's uh, for the first couple of days they were on there, I wondered what the funny smell was in my daughter's room, but we, <laughs> we soon found out it was them. Now, I've got another, I've got an anonymous question here, which I was a bit dubious about, and I'll, I'm sure you'll understand when I ask: Is uh, what's your brother up to? Hashtag Jedward. Ah oh, dear, oh, I imagine I know who this is probably from. Um... So, yeah, so I, de- I decided to have the great idea through um, around the off-season, start the season, to dye my hair blonde. Um, but obviously, I've got brown hair. So, where it's growing back around the sides, it's brown and then the top's blonde. So, a couple of the boys call me Jedwood in the um, changing room. So, um, I, um, I, don't know, I don't know what my I don't know what my brother's up to, but... Um, <laughs> So it's not but Clarky it's, or anything simple like that. It's, it's Jedward's going to stick with it. Yeah. Well, the, Mark come up to me, the coach, actually the other day. He's like, he's like, what's what? He's like, what nicknames do you got? Because he's like, I need something to call you. Um, and I was like, quite a few people call me like Clarky, stuff like that. And then I think it was Dan Hitchens come over and he's like Jedward. 
<laughs> and that's that sort of stuck um, ever since I think it was like my second training session in my first week. It, I got called in and it stuck from there. Well, I mean, Dan, Dan should probably sort of, you know, glass houses and throwing stones and stuff. People see his hair without a helmet on. <laughs> he, he could find himself on the rough end of a bad nickname himself. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever do you ever worry? Obviously, I've, I've you know I've seen I've seen your your blonde stand up hair as the lads give you the nickname for. Do you ever worry that wearing a hockey helmet so much will make you go bald? Um, to be fair, it don't, going bald doesn't really worry me because I um, all, all growing up as a kid, well, not all, but when I was younger, I used to have like a buzz cut all over like a one all over yeah and then i had a period of time pretty recently i'd done it through covid as well i I shaved it all off again and then about probably a couple months ago i decided to shave it all off again oh really so i'm not it doesn't really it doesn't really um it doesn't really bother me going bold if it happens it happens yeah i I, I think of a few of your teammates so i can imagine it would bother Uh, people seem to be like it's the worst thing ever but if it happened to me i wouldn't really mind (laughs) Uh, it happened to me quite young, actually. I've, I've been bald for quite some time. Um, so, mate, that is all the questions I've got for you. It's been really nice to have a chat with you and catch up. And uh, we, we're we really enjoying watching you play for the Chieftains. You've been a, a really great signing, a really great asset. Two goals down already as well. Yep. And, uh, yeah, we're re- really glad that you're enjoying it and hope you have a really good time for the rest of the season. Have you got any personal sort of ambitions for this season? Um. I'd say probably just to make sure I can get as many, try and get as many um, points as I can and have, you know, play some smart hockey and make sure while I'm out there, I'm always, you know, bringing some energy and, and doing my best to help help change the game in any way I can, really. Um, I'd say that's probably about it. Yeah. I mean, it's, I sort of spoke earlier in the podcast about the about the roster and sort of looking at you know nine really experienced and quality players from last season's squad that we lost, and then we've sort of got all these new lads coming in, and it's going to take time, isn't it, for a team to gel? Yeah, yeah. For the lines to get that chemistry where they know where each other are going to be all the time, and I really do think once you all start clicking, we're, we're really going to see some spectacular results. Yeah, definitely. You know, like we, there's been obviously in games there's been glimpses where. We've been really, really good where boys are clicking and stuff like that. And definitely in training as well, there's been some really good hockey being played. So I've, I've no doubt that soon we will be absolutely flying. Excellent stuff. Nice one, mate. Well, we'll leave it there. And uh, we've got uh, Romford away this Saturday at the Sapphire. Yep. So hopefully you get as much time on the ice as possible for that one. Up that points tally. And uh, see us start getting on a winning streak. Yep, definitely. Nice one, mate. Thank you very much. No, thank you very much. So with no games for the Chieftains this week, we're going to catch up with the Warriors' results as they took centre stage at the Riverside this week with two home games. From the Warriors home game on Saturday, Harriet Andrews has the match report. So this is the sort of match review, I guess, of the 22nd of October's 2022 Warrior, Chelmsford Warriors versus Bristol Pitbulls 2 game. So the first period was 
end-to-end -end play really um, with great quality ice hockey from both teams um, there. So in this first, I think it was in six minutes, Sam Austin scored a great goal um, for the Warriors, but a few minutes later got a penalty for, I think it was high stick, but in this um, two minutes, the Pitbulls were able to score. So a power play goal in that. Again, a few minutes after that, so I think about halfway through, so about 11 minutes into the first period, Warriors' Chris Beckett took a shot and took it to, took a shot, scored, and took obviously the score to 2-1, which is where we ended the first period. Um, soon after the buzzer, for the end of that period, though, Key and Lloyd got a penalty for roughing. So obviously they started the second period defending a power play, which isn't the place you want to be. Um, so at the end of the first period... There was eight shots on the Bristol net with 12 on the Warriors net. So it's sort of an equal in that respect. But going into the second period, obviously they start defending a power play. There was continued to be very one ended um, with a lot of penalties against the Warriors, allowing another power play goal for Bristol. And it almost felt like the majority of the period, the Warriors were at least one man down, if not occasionally two, with obviously double penalties. Um, I mean, Nick Green was sent out of the game early in the second period for misconduct. Um, it was just a very defensive period for the Warriors. And just considering they only let in one goal in this time, it was so obviously they ended 2-2 in that end of the period. It was very defensive rather than any attack because they didn't really have the manpower to do that at this point. So, I mean, at the end of the second, Luca had faced 26 shots in that 20 minutes and Gemma Davies had only faced four. Um, it sort of shows how the strong they were allowing, the Bristols were allowed to be because of all the power plays they had. Um, we started off the third period off significantly stronger with a goal in just 11 seconds from Sam Austin. Again, not too long after, though, there was a power play goal from the Brist Pitbulls. Um, the fourth and final goal from the Warriors was a smashing shot from Richie Pickering straight from the blue line and almost sort of straight in the corner. But again, in the third period, Kean Lloyd had a two plus ten. I think it was for misconduct, though I'm not certain on that, which meant that a key defensive player from the team was missing for the majority of the, that period. So and along with the many other penalties the Warriors faced in that. It allowed for a further two power play goals and then three equal goals for the Pitbulls. Um, so it was, again, it felt one-sided, but it was, uh, the goals-wise it was one-sided, but actual play and forwards passing and stuff was much significantly more equal for the, in that third period. Um, the third In the third period, Luca faced 16 shots, while Gemma faced 12. So, you know, more equal in that respect. I mean, just generally overall, the Bristol Pitbulls seem to have higher experience levels of the players as they'd played sort of higher levels before and higher leagues but also they were obviously able to take advantage of the power plays that they had with the Warriors committing many penalties in reality obviously the Bristol did commit penalties but and have sort of faults but not in the same numbers as it were however the man of the match for the Chelmsford Warriors was just Josh Full sorry um, and I think it was definitely well deserved as he was always high energy skating incredibly hard and fast every time he was on the ice he was always noticeable as a player. Harriet just seemed to get cut off at the end there but she's given us the rundown there of the 7-4 defeat at home to Bristol. Uh, on the Sunday 
the Lee Valley Lions came to the riverside and they were tamed by the Warriors as they took away an 8-1 victory. There was a couple of goals in there for Kean Lloyd, one for Ho, another screamer for Richie Pickering and a man of the match performance, four goals, four assists, eight-point game for Chris Beckett. So a fantastic 8-1 win for the Warriors there. And that's a really, really good result. A good weekend in total. But uh, I'm sure they'll get the revenge on the Bristol Pitbulls when they head back down to the pound. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Obviously, next week we'll have a rundown with the Chiefs' results, the Warriors' results. Uh, anyone wants to hear anything else about the club, uh, get back with some feedback and we can try and get anything out for you. And hopefully we'll have another player on with us as well and find out a little bit more about our squad this year and how they're all getting on. Thank you very much for listening. Catch you next time. This podcast is hosted on Anchor by Spotify and is available on Spotify and other podcast outlets. Follow us on social media, Instagram at Zero Pucks Given Podcast, Twitter at Zero Pucks Pod, music from Spotify by Frankie Goes to Hollywood, I do not own the track. Hit subscribe on Spotify to download the podcast into your library. Podcast Network.